американская фирма Transceptor Technology приступила к производству компьютеров «Персональный спутник». Coming at your pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios, I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? Good. Good week. Um, I'm on vacation. Oh, are you serious? That's nice. Nice. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Very cool. I have the week after uh, Thanksgiving off. So that's cool. Oh, okay. And then uh, a week... From today, we'll be uh, we'll be hanging out. We'll be uh, at our cousin's wedding, actually. Well, actually, the day this drops, right? Yeah, that weekend. Which no, is but I mean, yeah, it's it's a Saturday, November twelfth, and he gets married on the eighteenth. On the excuse me, the nineteenth. So we'll be uh, at the wedding. That's what I meant. Yeah. At the actual event. So, and I got a uh, I got a recommendation from a guy at work. He. Uh, he grew up in in Fresno, and I told him uh, I was going out there for the uh, for the wedding, and he was telling me uh, wedding <laughs> seeds. Uh, um, no, he was telling me there's a place in Sanger uh, called Chuck Wagon. He says it has the best chili cheese fries he's ever had. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we got to hit that up at some point. Uh, I don't know if we have enough time, but if we do, we got to hit hit up Chuck Wagon and Sanger because he was telling me all about it. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I, who knows what's gonna um, how things are gonna transpire? I, I don't want to make plans and then um, get disappointed because you know we're going with the flow or whatever. You know, I I want to go with the flow rather than um, be uh, the like recluse a, that you are. <laughs> <laughs> the hermit that I am, yes, I am. exactly. I said the recce, but mm. all right. So yeah, um, we're gonna have some. Uh, Remind me is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, oh. Nipples. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. And then you you got a game tomorrow night, right? Yeah, Sunday night. Hopefully, hopefully it's uh, all good. For uh, for the squad, you know. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later during our drunken shenanigans. So let's get to the beer, so we can get to the drunken shenanigans a little bit more quickly. Sure. All right. So I have in front of me from our good friends at Definitive Brewing Company. They are out of Portland, Maine. I have their Poetic Chemistry. Excuse me. All right, so po- <laughs> so poetic chemistry is a seven point two percent double dry hopped IPA, and it has a blend of Simcoe, Citra, and Eldorado Lupo Max hops. Um, it says it's got uh, some stone fruit, prickly pear, and tropical fruit flavors. So we shall see. It's got a really cool uh, can art. Um, it's got their definitive brewing company logo in the middle with the diamond 
And on either side, though, is our uh, two skulls with the... Uh, I don't know. The best way to describe it is their, their, eyes, their eyes are on fire and they're uh, shooting um, rainbow fire at each other. That's the best way I could describe it. It looks cool. Anyway. Oh, like, yeah. Like so-called Yeah, pretty much, man. Only a little bit more... Uh, um, Less smoke and more fire. Yeah. All right. So but the same number of rainbows. Right? <laughs> yeah. One more, one more rainbow. Oh. <laughs> Without further ado, pop off. What do you got? I got from our friend over at Smoke Brewing, a beer I've been saving for a while. Mm. I have the Schmaltz Jubilation Twenty. Ooh, yeah. We've had a jubilation on the show before, but like it was like 2015 or something like that. This is their their latest rendition, right? Yeah. Very nice. Oh, geez. There's a huge story on this can. All right. Well, maybe we got time. All right. Let's see. Is it the death of the 22-ounce bottle? Mm. When I started in Northern California in 1996, 22-ounce bottles were the superstar sampler for many of the best craft breweries and a crucial tradition uh, wait, and a crucial transition from 750 milliliter champagne style bottles just a few years earlier. Our first Hebrew creation, Genesis Ale, came in 22s, hand bottled, hand labeled, and delivered out of my grandmother's Volvo. For the next 21.5 years, 22s continue to leave a signature package for so many of our best looks in the early days of micro or most small brews, 12-ounce bottling lines were still too expensive and the low volumes didn't justify any less. Or as many regionals found out, the investment didn't pay off. For the glorious uh, class of 96 breweries that began that fateful year, Stone, Bear Republic, Three Floyds, Victory, Bull and Bush, etc. The Daily Beast called the 1996 The Shakeout. For the wave of microbrewery closings across the country, we weren't called craft yet, according to the Brewers Association. The total micro percentage of market was a mere 2.6%. Now we're nearly 20. Then, 1,087 operating breweries, now over 6,500 and growing. Okay, so this has nothing to do with the beer. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, well, whatever, because it's in a can. This, I guess this year they put it in a can. Um, I don't know if this is last year oh. or this year, but nevertheless, it's a dark ale, 11 malts, 11 hops, 11 alcohol by volume. Pop off. Uh, I was waiting for like a big, but I guess it, it, they wouldn't have a big psh because uh, it is a stout, right? Or a blended ale? Dark ale. Yeah. So you know, uh, like flavor profile description. Well, you're going to have to make up your own then. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. All right. So this uh, poetic chemistry. Very good, very good uh, IPA. Those uh, I've had definitive before. I haven't had this particular one until now. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite definitive, but it's really, really good. Um, those out there in 
who would have guessed it? Breweries out in Maine know how to do a Northeast IPA. Who would have guessed? Who would have thought? Yeah. Very good. <laughs> what? I said, yeah, what a time to be alive. <laughs> right? <laughs> Very good. Solid. It's got a... Um, got a good mouthfeel to it it's a uh, a lot exactly what it said uh, uh prickly pear stone fruit tropical fruits um it's not green at all and I, you know i get a, like a little tinge of resin to it very small tinge of resin not bad um but it does really knock it down for me as far as the northeast style ipa goes so um i'm thinking right now early Early rating, about a four. So we'll see how, it, uh, you know, through the course of the show, whether it goes up or down. Oh, it stays the same. So uh, how's the, how's your 2022 jubilation? I'm sipping on it. It's got that, that dark ale vibe, like almost like a Belgian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's got that, that fruity, like that. Uh, um, little sweet. It's got a lot of... Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of dark ale stuff going on. Yeah. Let's see how it opens up. But I'm liking it. Very yeah, nice. No hoppy at all. You know, yeah, it's, it's just got that, that that European dark beer mm-hmm. that you uh, that you would have around the wintertime. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we will rate our beers later during our untapped portion of the show. Just uh, search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. But right now, it is time for the beer news. All right, there's a. I got a few beer stories here. First one is you've heard of uh, Melvin Brewing? I believe they're uh, they are out of Wyoming. Pretty good brewery. Mel- yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, the uh, is it the Mel PA or something like that? Yeah. Yep, yep, you're and right. And the 2x4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have um, a couple funny names from what I remember. Yeah, and I believe they're like right on a river too and everything. Well, anyway, um, they're getting bought. They're selling. They're selling huh? out. They're, uh, but it's not to a brewery. It's not to like a conglomerate. It's not to an AB InBev or Molson Coors or Heineken or um, one of the Asian uh, firms. Um, they're actually getting bought by a a restaurant chain. Oh wow! Now it's not one of the big ones that you know owns like Chili's or Applebee's or anything. This is like a, a local restaurant chain. It's like a a private restaurant chain in Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Roadhouse Brewing Company assigned a purchase agreement to acquire Melvin Brewing and its operations, according to representatives from both brewing companies. We're buying Melvin Brewing Company, uh, Colby Cox, co-founder and CEO of Roadhouse Brewing Company, told Buckrail this morning. While closing of the purchase is imminent, Cox estimates that Roadhouse will own Melvin sometime between now and the end of the year. The price of the acquisition remains confidential. Uh, Cox detailed Roadhouse's plan to continue Melvin in terms of its brand identity and to hopefully grow and expand the company from where it is today. Uh, Roadhouse Brewing Company was created and is owned by fine dining restaurant group owner 
slash Chef Gavin Fine and home brewer Colby Cox. Uh, Fine. So, do you know what? This really sounds a lot like uh, Gordon Biersch. Yeah. Because, you you know, you had the home brewer, Dan Gordon, and the the chef. Um, Wasn't he Biersch? Michael Biersch or something? I forgot his first name. Dan. Is it Dan Biersch? Dan Gordon. Dan Gordon. Oh, and uh, is it Tom? I, I don't know. I, I forgot Beersh's first name. <laughs> David? Sure. Steve? Bobby. Bob. <laughs> Bobby Beersh. Bobby Beersh. <laughs> uh, joke for two. <laughs> uh, you know, regardless. Fine Dining Restaurant Group owns and operates six restaurants in Jackson Hole. So Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, the two entities are different, but share a common owner, Gavin Fine. He commented on the pending acquisition. Oh, that's a big, that's uh, eh, a little bit too long of a quote for right now. Um, while Melvin and Roadhouse will operate independently from one another, they will not run as separate companies and their respective teams will come together with Roadhouse at the helm. You know, this will help with the uh, ingredient acquisition or purchasing because they could buy bigger um quantities which will you know help the bottom line because it'll be cheaper well you know you have two different you know you you could do that by having two different brewers maybe one head brewer but you know two assist you know a bunch of assistant brewers on either side or maybe two head brewers i don't know how they're going to do it they say they're going to be different we shall see so anyway so this that's a it was a little bit different of an acquisition than, than we've been used to. So that's why I thought it was uh, pretty notable to bring up. Uh, I think I've had one Melvin beer, but I can't, I can't, I can't place my finger on which one it was. And it was back when I was in Arkansas and I totally forgot. So, uh, let's, uh, skip right on through to the next one. So it doesn't count. Yeah, don't count. Uh, so next time I have it, it'll be new to me again. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, why, but it uh, the scene from Reservoir Dogs pops in my head. The, let me tell you what Like a Virgin's about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, next story. Here's the headline uh, from The Independent. Hoppy IPA beers may lower risk of developing Alzheimer's, studies suggests. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this is coming from Italian researchers have uh, warned against using this to justify drinking more beer. So I get it. Everything in moderation, right? Right. Uh, Drinking hoppy beers might reduce the risk of getting dementia, according to a new study. The chemicals which give that unique bitter flavor to IPAs have prevented protein plaques linked to Alzheimer's from clumping together in lab dishes. Despite the study, Italian researchers have warned against using this to justify drinking more beer. Excessive alcohol consumption can cause cognitive issues as it can shrink the brain's white matter, which is what sends signals to different parts of the brain. Every type of beer is made using hop flour extracts, which has natural antioxidants in it, and which is why it's believed to protect cells in the body. But tetanang, which is a hop grown in Germany and used in amber and light lager, which produced to be the best and clearing proteins, uh, the protein clumps. So tenang, that's used in like a lot of uh, 
classic German style beers. It, it doesn't have a lot of uh, um, flavor profile to it. You're not going to find it in an IPA per se. You're going to find it in a like a Hell's Lager. Yeah, like a, a Pilsner. <laughs> uh, let's see. Probably, yes. You're probably right. Uh, more than 1 million people in Britain have Alzheimer's, which is the most common form of dementia. Researchers at Milano Bicocca University looked at nutraceuticals, food serving as a medicinal or nutritional function, and focused on hot flowers after a previous study found that they could impact the brain's buildup of amyloid beta proteins. The team looked at four common varieties of hops using a very similar method that is used to make beer. Researchers then exposed the hops to human nerve cells and amyloid amyloid proteins. Tetanang was the top performing hop and it's used in many lagers and lighter ales. It is also found in herbal teas and sub soft drinks. So there you go. Drink more German uh, lagers. With Tetanang. Yes, with Tetanang. Uh, let's see. I have a couple more um, headlines here. So we just had the midterm elections. I'm not getting oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not getting too political, but I, there is a beer story out of it coming out of Massachusetts. <laughs> For some reason, I was about to say Massachusetts, California. It's coming out of Massachusetts. Uh, they had a proposition on the ballot that would allow uh, companies to acquire more than one liquor license. So to break it down, they have uh, state liquor stores they call them packies that you could buy like spirits and stuff and then beer and wine is sold separately at um grocery stores and this law would allow would have allowed like say you know convenience stores grocery stores to sell everything like you're like oh. you're like we're used to in california and arizona we don't have to go to two separate stores to buy spirits and beer we could just buy it all at one store but i guess the uh quote packies um lobbied enough to get the people to vote against it so they still have to buy their beer and liquor in two different stores uh, yeah. yeah pretty lame huh i thought yeah. they were i thought they were pretty uh um i thought massachusetts was a like a liberal state i guess not yeah i mean sometimes those old laws just damn place are you know there, there's so many workarounds with that too it could like literally just be like the next door down too so that's like well, what's the what's the inconvenience right now? You know, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, we, we have no but, idea what the uh, the communities like. The communities are like up there. Yeah, and then too with like spirits and stuff, um, that's gonna like dilute the pool of, of allocated stuff. You know, if you know you could get uh, you know a, a certain whiskey uh, when it comes out at, at your local packy, but mm-hmm. now but but he only gets like two or three cases, but now. Everyone in the area has been to fight over those two or three cases that gets allocated to the area. Uh, okay. that, yeah, no, that's a good point. And one of the, uh, the arguments uh, against the proposition was it was going the packies were going to lose out on on jobs, you know, and and the the retail um, the sales tax and all that stuff. So it might hurt the economy. That was the argument. You know, remains to be seen. It probably would have been made up on the other end anyway. Right. Uh, next story, because I want to move along because I, I still have two more things to talk about. Um, Keurig. You know, Keurig owns Dr. Pepper. You know, they're the beverage company, Keurig Dr. Pepper. They uh, acquired a 
50 million minority stake in Athletic Brewing. Oh, okay. You know Athletic Brewing, right? Yeah, it's uh, alcohol free. Yeah, they sell uh, non-alcoholic beers. There's a few of them. Um, I haven't tried any yet, but maybe. Uh, well, I guess sober October's uh, <laughs> sober October's past, uh, and I don't know if I want to do another uh, sober Lent again because that that was tough, man. Maybe after the uh, Super Bowl, maybe the the weekend after Super Bowl. I'll, for some reason, I feel like uh, it's a good time to cleanse that week. Maybe I'll grab some athletic because I know uh, my buddy Ian at Ground Control. He has uh, he sells athletic beer every once in a while. I see it in the fridge. Doesn't move that fast though. I must say, it does not move fast. <laughs> uh, athletic Brewing just received a major investing boost from Keurig Dr Pepper. The conglomerate announced on Wednesday that it is investing 50 million in the non-alcoholic brewery, solidifying a minority equity stake in the brand. As part of the investment agreement, KDP, uh, that's Curie Dr. Pepper, KDP will hold a seat on the company's board of directors. According to a November 9th press release, other specific details on the investment were not included in the initial reports. This latest funding is part of a 75 million Series D investment round from more than 25 current athletic investors, which includes celebrities such as uh, Carly Kloss and Naomi Osaka, according to Brewbound. So yeah, Keurig Dr. Pepper getting into the uh, non-alcoholic beer game. And finally, one last thing. It's it's more of... I'm not going to read the whole story. I, I read it. Uh, Budweiser, for the Christmas time, they are bringing back their Clydesdales. So, there you go. So if you look for yeah. specially marked packages of Budweiser, they will have the, the Clydesdales on there. There's a marketing push, too, for, like, T-shirts and sweaters. I saw them online. And, yeah, the Clydesdales are coming back for Christmas. You know what? It would be cool if they start running the the old ads, you know, with the, the old jingle, the King of Beers jingle, you know, with the Clydesdales clomping through the snow and the jingle bells on everything. Why not, right? Yeah. Hey, did they ever have those at Niner Games? The Clydesdales? I remember at least yeah. one time uh, Candlestick, yes. Yeah. I remember those things were freaking... They were even from up where we sat. No, but but I remember we I, the one time I remember they, they actually uh, walked by us because remember we used to park very close to the stadium? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's yeah. What I'm thinking of too. yeah, and they, they were, were they were apart, just yeah. yeah, they were just fucking huge, man. They were so fucking big. You know, that's one thing I, I miss about uh, uh, Levi Stadium is you could or not Levi's uh, Candlestick is they didn't charge premium for parking, so you could you know as long as you got there early enough, you could park like right next to the stadium. You don't have to walk too far. Pretty much, yeah. But I get it now. I, I totally get it. I understand why. They charge premium for the the closer spots. And it makes sense. That is it. All right, that's all I have for the beer news this weekend or this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know what time it is. You. Time for everyone's favorite segment on cold brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the cold brew list. So let me ask you this. Hmm. 
What week is it? NFL. Oh man, it is. It, it, it might as well be almost time to get the playoffs because it's pretty much over. I'm a glass. Em- I'm a glass. He- I'm a glass half empty type of guy. After like about re- about week two. Yeah, like it's it's, it's 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 almost done. Like I'm already mourning the loss of football, and we're only halfway through. It is like literally, actually, it is week ten in the NFL. But before while we're recording this, it's about to happen. That is true. All right, so we now will con- or we now <laughs> that brings us to uh, with episode two of coaches. Oh yeah, full brew podcast. The halfway mark. All right, so let's go down and look at the uh, look at the results so far. Installment two is going to cover weeks six through seven, and I'll go over the coach and the team as I uh, go over the results. Yeah, so, you mean uh, six through nine, not six through seven. Even better. <laughs> two more weeks. First up, Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. We're going in alphabetical order by uh, last name. Right. In this chunk of the season, he went uh, one and three, including losses to Cincy. Um, that was 30 to 26. Uh, a loss to uh, your Cardinals, uh, 42 to thir- uh, 34. That was, uh, you know what? L- let's go back to that. I remember watching that and. Andy Dalton live burning your eyes out. Yes, <laughs> he threw uh, two pick sixes right before the half. Yeah, so that, that's yeah that that that's rough. It, the the score should have been closer than that. I mean, the Saints but, might well, have been able to win. Yeah, yeah, that's fourteen points. Yeah, <laughs> that's fourteen physical points. Let alone the the loss of possession, which could have at least been three. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. so. Um, you know, but but you know, handed to the 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 Saint, or the Cardinals, they they took advantage in the in the, you know they they won the game. So I'm not trying to take it away from them, but they you know that that they gave it away. The Saints right. did. Go ahead. But their offense scored more than the Cardinals' offense. <laughs> uh, then in week eight, they uh, they tightened it up and they they beat the Raiders in a shutout fashion, twenty four nothing. And then they lose to Baltimore, twenty-seven thirteen. Yeah, so I, that puts. I was gonna say that, I don't. I, I I can't explain that, the route that they gave they gave to the Raiders. I I really don't understand that game at all. Hundred percent. I I think I had money right. on the Raiders too. Yeah, because at the time they were both two win teams. Mm-hmm. So like, how could one two win team be so dominant over the other one? One two win team be so bad against another? Right. Um, so that puts uh, Dennis Allen at three and six for the seat. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up is Todd Bowles of the Buccaneers, and he went one and three. Oh. Actually, I shouldn't say the record. I just so in week six he lost to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers twenty to eighteen. Well, that's a close. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they lost to Carolina twenty-one to thirteen. Close game. They lost the ball, and they lost to Baltimore twenty-seven twenty-two. They're close. Then they eked one out against the Rams. Did you see that finish on that one? That one was uh, crazy. The the Rams 
had they got that first down, the Bucks would have lost. Exactly. Terrible. So, yeah, the, the Rams are just a terrible team this year. Pretty much. But that puts them for this block, uh, one and three, and on the season it puts them four and five. Mm. I think they're tied for first, right, for the <laughs> NFC South <laughs> for losing a record. Terrible. Yeah, I'm not sure about the stuff, but uh, I'm looking it up right now. Go ahead. Um, next up, Brian Dable of the New York Giants. He in week six, he they. He led the victory against Baltimore 24-20. Victory over Jacksonville uh, 23-17. Mm-hmm. Then they go to the uh, uh, Pacific Northwest and lose to Seattle 27-13. And then in week nine, they had a bye. So he went 2-1 and one this chunk, and he is 6-2 and two season. Very nice. Uh, totally big surprise the Giants are doing that well this year. Right. Um, but it's uh, Dan- Danny Dimes' contract here. <laughs> he's not doing that. I mean, like, he's not putting up passing numbers. He's, I think he's killing teams more with his legs than his arm. Uh, real uh, Going back to the Bucks, they are in first place by half a game um, over the okay. Falcons, uh, who are 4-6. and six. Hey. Next is your boy Matt Eberflus. Oh, man, the Chicago Bears. He, yeah, I know, I, I know, he's, he's put a couple L's of the last couple of games, but the Bears looked have looked a lot better um, this uh, this this last quarter of the season. Um, yeah, that's what they uh, they've been saying. So in week six, uh, they lost to uh, your commander, 12, uh, 12 to seven. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Um, or is or they say on, on the Bill beat. Simmons on the Bill Simmons podcast they call them the C words. Oh, the <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Um, then on week seven they uh, they beat the New England Patriots thirty three mm-hmm. uh, fourteen. I guess that's when the field is coming out, if you will. Yeah. When he started getting back late. Mm-hmm. However, then he strung together two losses um, at Dallas. 49-29 and, uh, versus Miami, 35-30. But if you look, I mean, they've scored an average of 30 points the last three games. And that that's, you know, losing teams don't score 30 points usually. So their, their defense kind of sucks right now. Right. And they just give up Quinn and Smith. I mean, had they kept Quinn and Smith, man, it might be a different story right about now. They could be easily, they could be, uh, what, five and four. Easily. Right. But on the season, they are three and four. Mm-hmm. You're right. Moving on. To your boy, Daniel Hackett. Denver Broncos. <laughs> Nate Hackett. Nate Hackett. <laughs> uh... Let's see, week six, they lose to the Clippers in overtime. <laughs> Clip show. They lose to the Jets in nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they come back and they beat Jacksonville in Europe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, was yeah, infa- right. that was the infamous uh, Russell Wilson uh, uh, doing Pilates on the plane or something like that. 
<laughs> was he really? I didn't hear that. I give. I believe no, it. No, like though. he was doing like he was doing like knee lifts and stuff in the aisle. Never. Oh, I've heard the jokes about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was it. That's that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> hey, you know, uh, and and shit, I put money on Jackson, dude. I, I don't put a lot of money. I put like five, ten dollars on games, and Jacksonville has burned me every time I bet on Jacksonville or against Jacksonville. They do the opposite. So. I'm, I'm uh, done with I'm done with Jacksonville. Hey, Greg on Jacksonville. <laughs> I'll let, I'll tweet out uh, who I uh, which way I'll go in Jacksonville. Just bet the opposite next week. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, great. So that puts them for this chunk. That puts them uh, one and two and three and five on the season. Next up, Mike McDaniel, Miami Dolphins. Hmm. Our former uh, running backs coach, right? Uh, no, he was just a... Uh, what was he? He was an offensive assistant. Oh, okay. uh, was he passing game coordinator or running game coordinator? One of them. Running yeah. game coordinator. Yeah, he was running game, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, week six, they lose to Minnesota 24-16. Uh, then they beat Pittsburgh 16-10. They beat Detroit 31-27. And they beat Chicago 35-32, putting them 3-1 and one for this part of the season at 6-3 and three overall. Yep, uh, the, their offense is great. Their defense kind of stinks. Um, let's see. Josh McDaniels up next with the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um... Let's see, week six, they barely avoided a loss in the bye week. <laughs> I'm going I'm to forward that clip to our mom. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> and they kept the momentum going and uh, beat Houston. <laughs> I make me choke on my beer. <laughs> oh, all right, keep going. Then they, uh, they again, they had that loss against New Orleans. They got blanked 24 nothing, And they lose to Jacksonville, right? Wasn't that like a, a big lead that was blown too? Yeah, I think they were up by, by 10 points, I believe. Yeah. How much did you have on the Raiders? Mm. Actually, you know what? I think, it, I, think you it know, I want to say I picked Jacksonville on my, my pick'ems, though, for that one. So... I'm glad they won. All right. Well, that puts them on at two and six for the season. Ah, terrible, man. You, you, with all that talent, well, you know what? Right now, Waller and Renfro are both out, but all that talent at the beginning of the year, you think they would have came out, you know, with at least a couple wins against? Um, I don't know. I, I I figured they'd be like four and four right now. All right. Moving on, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. They started week six uh, with a win 24-16 over Miami. And they had a bye the following week. And they beat Arizona and beat the Seawards. So they went 3-1 and one in the chunk, putting them 7-1 and one on the season. They barely and beat the Seawards. And the guy. Yeah. Right. 20-17. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. This is a... Uh, a good spot for uh, that O'Connell guy. 
Yeah, seven and one, really, really great start to the season. And um, they can go five hundred the rest of the year, and they'll probably win the division. Right. Let's see. Next up, ooh, Doug Peterson with your Jacksonville Jets. <laughs> Not mine anymore. Can't stand those guys. So, like week six, they lose at Indy. Uh, uh. 34-27. They lose to the Giants, uh, 23-17. They lose to Denver, 21-17. They beat the Raiders. Okay, just, well, you have a different score on this. But I'll just uh, leave it at the fact that they went 1-3 this block, putting them at 3-6 uh, for the... No, they got the same 27-20. Oh, you know what? I was looking at the uh, the Washington game. Oh, okay. Of, of, of in Minnesota, oh, Everyone, yeah. we're doing this off the spreadsheet. It's not like I'm clicking around. Right. Um. Next, Levy Smith, Houston Texas. Week six, they had a bye, and they lost to the Raiders, lost to the Titans, not silly. Putting them zero three in this block, one six and one. Terrible, terrible record. And the new player in the game, Steve Wilkes, taking over for uh, for Matt Rule, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, first game, they lost to the Rams, and they beat the Bucks. They lose to Atlanta in overtime. That was an exciting game. They should have won that game. Oh, I had money on the fucking. But they could have won that game. I, I had money on the Panthers, man. I was fucking pissed that they they they. I was pissed they threw a flag on fucking Moore. God damn it. Right. And then they lose to since between them. One and three this block. And then three and seven as a team overall. Yeah, they do. It was so bad. They took out PGA Walker and put Baker Mayfield back in, who was the worst quarterback in the league uh, this year. Um, but I heard that they're going to put PGA Walker back in um, this week. Small group podcast. Coach's Corner segment would like to welcome a new player to the game, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Saturday, a.k.a. Jim Irsay. <laughs> His beer consultant. Did, now, did you hear about that? Yeah, well, I mean, like, everyone's like... No, did you, hear, did you hear that comment is what I'm saying? No. Who said that? Oh, okay. Um... That that guy, you know, uh, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, the, the former lineman. Yeah, the former lineman. He's got like a podcast, and he's now working with the NFL Network. Okay, but yeah, he uh, he went scorched earth the other day on the hiring, and he was saying that, like, how is Jim Irsay just gonna call up his old drinking buddy to come coach the team? You know, <laughs> okay. But that a controversy over this hire. I, I didn't think it. Uh, it. it uh, it get traction in that way, and I I get it. At the same time, you know, it's not like he's, you know, the king. He's just kind of a placeholder for the end of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's no. uh, it's interesting. Well, you know, I've I've heard a lot of arguments. You know, they they got rid of the coach and the play caller. I forgot what. Right. And so. Now Saturday's got to go in there, and there's there's a lot of nuance that goes on with the 
coaching and, and play calling, you know, you, you call plays in the first and second quarter to set maybe some plays up for like the fourth quarter when you might need them. Right. Um, there's some of that, but regardless, I went with the, uh, the old, um, I don't know if it's old, but like my, my, my own belief that, you know, when you fire the coach, the team plays better, like the next week, they, 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 they're shitty the rest of the year. No, no, don't get me wrong, but like they'll win that next week. Like Carolina, when they got rid of uh, rule, um, Oh, I guess they they didn't win against the Rams, but they they did beat the the fucking Buccaneers. Right. But I think last year when when they got rid of the when the Falcons got rid of their coach, they won. They, they when the team's coach gets fired, they win the next week. They 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 right. don't go to the Super Bowl, but they they win the next week. So in my Pickens league, I I I, I picked the uh, picked the Colts this week to beat the. Uh, who the fuck are they playing this week? The uh, um, oh, the Raiders. Oh yeah, I picked them to beat the Raiders. That's right. Yeah, because that was another thing. Because uh, that's uh, well, a lot a lot of things about just Saturday. Uh, just he was working for ESPN, so he can you know he was active on Twitter and and he said something about the Raiders a couple weeks ago, like the Raiders team is just not good or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they, he was critical about the Raiders. Right. <laughs> hey, bullets and board material for the Raiders, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe in my pick'em league, I'm gonna switch now. <laughs> now that I heard that, <laughs> bullets and board. All right, man. I always love your coach's corner. This it, it went a little long this week because there are so many fucking coaches on the uh, um, on the board this year. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, do you have any uh, nominees for the hot seat, if you will? Ooh. Mm. I mean, I, I don't want to say Sean McVay, but because I think he's just going to retire after this, this year. Oh, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think he's he's overstayed his welcome one year too long. Um, who else? Uh. Wait, do you have any? He was just welcome to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and then Lovey Smith. I, I, I. Oh well, yeah, we, we could all. He, we, he was a placeholder coming into this thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We 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 talked about that already. Do you have any uh, any uh, warm warm seats right now? We we'll call them. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I'll call it a warm spot if you will. I think uh, Nick Rivera's done in Washington. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. So much turmoil around that. Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to kind of uh, separate himself. Uh, he, you know, he, he's a good dude. Um, you know, he's, I'm not sure his overall record, but, you know, to be a, a coach uh, for as long as he's been coaching in the league at that level from a former, former player, um, you know, that's to him in that aspect. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I am talking like he's gone. But I'm sorry. But, <laughs> I say, but what I'm saying is, if he did, if that did happen, if he were just to just kind of step away, um, you know, no shame in it at all. You know? Yeah, exactly. Because regardless, he's not done coaching. So if I'm right, cool. Uh, uh, cool in that, you know, he, he did a great job. If I'm wrong, hey, he's, he's really uh, going through some tough, through some tough conditions to uh, 
to coach the game. He really left. He really okay. left. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the Lions, sadly. Oh, Peterman. Uh, Campbell. Oh, Campbell. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking Peterman. Yeah, Peter's on. Yeah, just because it, it with the Lions, they they started doing kind of well at the end of the season last year, and then yeah. They started off so terribly this year. They're like one of the worst teams in the league, and it's like I thought they were going to be mid, and they're like actually they're they're lower. They're they're low. They're not even mid. So yeah, it, their defense is getting cooked. Yeah, they're like one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, the offenses are getting a lot of garbage points, but yeah, they're uh, they have a lot of talent on the offense. That's the only that's the, that's the thing that gets me. They have a. Uh, well, Goff is okay. He's, you know, he's a manageable quarterback, but that Swift is really good. Um, Amonse Brown, he's good. Hawk, well, they had Hawkinson. They they traded him, so. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. understand what, what's going on in Detroit. I thought they were going to be better than they are. With that said, wasn't Swift hurt a little bit, too? Or are we just thinking I, everyone gets hurt? Yeah, everyone gets, everyone plays injured. And, and, or maybe Cliff. Cliff Kingsbury. The for my Arizona Cardinals, I thought he got an extension this offseason with yeah, uh, Russell. That, that that don't mean shit, man. Oh, not Russell with Murray. Yeah, that's true. yeah, that 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 don't mean a thing. Yeah, that, they'll well, keep... speaking of Russell, that that's another thing. I think uh, Hackett, the, uh, Hackett, yeah, I he's, think he's not real. He's so, bad. So he's not the real deal. Yeah, he's a bad coach, man. He's a, he's a bad head coach. He's a good you know offensive coach, but not head coach. He's good at coaching uh, Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers doesn't even need a coach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, dude, dude they got uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers. The Packers have Dallas this week. Can you imagine them losing six in a row? How does is Lafour going to keep his job next year? Oh, there you go. Now you're talking. Now you're getting it. <laughs> six in a row, like you. We we go all you know we do this coaches corner thing. Look at the the uh, the spreadsheet we have. These coaches you know they're not doing well. You know we have some two and sixes here, but they I think the only one who's lost more than three in a row is Doug Peterson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He lost five in a row. The rest of they lose three then they'll win. Then they lose three and then they win. I Hackett lost four then he and then he won. But most of them you know. I think the except for those two um, examples, everyone's uh, they don't lose more than three and then they win. And Lafleur is going to lose six in a row now. Now you can argue it's not his fault. Then then fire the GM, get rid of uh, man. If if they get rid of Rogers, they have to eat all that dead money and <laughs> and even with with that, they might not even be able to recruit anybody else or even pay anyone to stay stay on the team it's bad they're, they're gonna turn they're, they're, they're like the rams the 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 buccaneers the rams and the the packers are all like suffering from their own fucking um greed yeah. but at least at least with the buccaneers and the rams they could both say they won a championship in the last five years in the last three years the, the packers have a one since 2011 my team's been longer than that. So, well, I mean, but but we haven't like spent like high dollar amounts on on 
you know, players. Hmm? We're not going to have I a lot of dead cap. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the next couple of years, we, we might have to. Um, and we still haven't won anything, so. But Aaron Rodgers is going to go in the way of the the one and dones. All right, man. Uh, thank you for the coach's corner. We will be back eh, around week 13, 14. We'll see. For the home stretch. Yes. How's your uh, how's your beach reading you? Oh, not bad. Still sipping on it, work on it. It's a big one, man. Oh yeah. We're gonna untap our beers right now. So uh, just uh, whip them out, and you can see what we rate our beers before the show comes out. Lucky you. I remember you had by Schmaltz. How's that? Uh, is it? Is there a C in there, or is it S H M? S H M. Say Schmaltz. Here we go. Jew. I know it's Jew like. Here we go. Jew. Palation 22. I got it. Jubilation 22. Yeah, 11%. What would you, they do classify it as a Belgian strong dark ale. So, what would you like to rate this beer at? I'm going to give it a 375. Okay. 375. What are your notes? Um, Belgian. It's got that. <laughs> it's got that dark ale fruit vibe. Okay. I'm going to put Belgian with that dark ale fruit vibe and Jewy. And, oh, <laughs> I'm just I'm not gonna put that. Alright, uh there we go. Save and check in right now. It has an overall rating of three point seven six. So you're right there with everybody else. Um some of the tasty notes on it are dark, sweet, malty, fruity, and licorice. Or licorice. This, so this uh, definitive brewing, poetic chemistry, very good. Uh, I have not wavered um, on my early prediction for my rating at 4.0. That's why I still want to rate it at 4.0. It's really good. It's got uh, everything I said, and it hasn't uh, diminished at all, but it hasn't improved at all either. So it's got the the stone fruit, the prickly pear, and the uh, tropical flavors, and that little tinge of resin. So I, I, I gotta say, man, you know, like if I want a dividing line between New England style IPAs and West Coast IPAs, um, I don't, I don't like them to cross over. Maybe a little bit, maybe in the citrus side, but as far as like you know the resin, um, that that's I can uh, matriculate over because then I'll think negatively of it. But that's just my own palate, you know. I'm I'm not trying to persuade anyone to to, to taste beers my way. So uh, let's see. Um, so I'm gonna go and look up my beer now. Uh, let's see. Right now is the overall rating of four point zero five. So right there, I'm right there with everyone else. And check in. And I'm gonna say it is uh, smooth. Sweet and fruity. 
save. Slide that over to four and check in. All right, so you remember, uh, was it, a couple years ago, um, you and I, we went through the lyrics of Hotel California? Yeah. And we kind of like, we, we went through our own interpretation of the lyrics. Well, right. I read, I read a book called Hotel California. It's a, it was a, um, it's a nonfiction about the Southern rock scene in California, like in the late sixties through early eighties. And then I, I, I watched a, uh, a couple of interviews on YouTube. Um, one with Joe Walsh and the other one with uh, Don Henley. And I got to say, I have, I have a new appreciation or maybe my own uh, interpretation of what Hotel California is really about. I'm not going to go like line for line, but um, according to Joe Walsh, and this makes sense after reading the book, Hotel California is not like an actual building or a place or anything. It was the... California was like the new landing spot for the like the post folk music hippie generation to come together to create music. So the California was the hotel like it was like the where the people were staying while they were, you know, occupying their space at that moment in time. So that's where the, the name Hotel California came from. And from what I gather, it was in Southern California. It was in uh, Laurel Canyon. And there was like a bunch of, it was like a, like a, almost like a commune, but everyone had their own house or they would, you know, have housemates and they'd all go to each other's houses every night and do drugs and party and, you know, but create music, you know, they were there to experience the music or life and, and create music and, and just be together and, like a creative like community the early goers were like crosby stills and nash uh you had mamas and papas uh jordan yeah. mitchell yeah, yeah netflix had a special on uh on laurel canyon in fact howard stern raves about it oh okay i gotta check that out so yeah they it was, basically it was a bunch of drugs happening uh, a bunch of sex like everybody slept with everybody <laughs> you know and the and uh, david geffen was like at the the head of uh um like the music scene there and like to to capture like a, a lot of the uh like Crosby Stills and Nash type stuff and Joni Mitchell and all that um so Hotel California I think they were describing like some of the scenes that they were that uh that Don Henley and Glenn Fry um were experiencing at the time dude and, and from what I read those those fuckers are cokeheads uh, like in the the late seventies, early eighties, the uh, Don Henley, Glenn Fry, um, who else? Uh, uh, well, at the time, like it was uh, Don Henley and Glenn Fry, I think Ned Doheny and Randy Meisner. You know, uh, Joe Walsh and, and Felder hadn't joined the band, nor Timothy B. Schmidt. Well, let me ask you this: Yeah, who got who got stabbed and didn't die? Oh yeah, with the uh, they stabbed it with their stealing knives. I think they were talking yeah. about coke. <laughs> I think uh, they were talking about cocaine. Like, they stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't uh, kill the beast. Like, they just kept, like, fucking snorting it and snorting it, and they just kept coming in. Hmm. So, yeah, I, th I think it was, uh, it wasn't in, 
when the, when he was describing scenes, I think he was just talking about like an uh, amalgamation of different um, scenes that he was that they all participated in. All the Eagles participated in in the early years um, in Laurel Canyon or at the at and the the song their their song uh, Sad Cafe was about the Troubadour, which was the local live music spot, um, and that's what he was uh, that's what Don Henley was singing about. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't tell you who wrote that song, but that's what the song was about, was the, the Troubadour. But it was pretty good. The, the book itself, Hotel California, has a lot of good information. I did not like the way the, the author wrote the book. It was very, like, uh, all over the place. And it, I know there was a lot of information that he had to cover, but there was, like, a, a, it was incoherent at times. So... But um, as far as like me understanding what the song Hotel California is about, it's a little bit better. It, it is kind of like about excess, like Don Henley mentions, but not so much as like Life in the Fast Lane was really about excess. I mean, that, that's that's all the song is about. It's like almost like excess, you know, and then you put, you know, put on steroids or put on cocaine. Um, but yeah, the uh, that was a um, it was a good book. I I. I wouldn't recommend it. It's not a like I said. It's not a crowd pleaser. But I, now I want to check out that Laurel Canyon documentary on 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 uh, Netflix because now it just maybe it'll expand my mind a little bit more. The one thing we brought up earlier in the show, um, the the game tomorrow night, the uh, the Sunday night game. Um, it's the first night game, right, uh, at Levi's this year. No, we we play the Rams Sunday night. Oh, that's right. The Monday night game. Yeah. But this is Sunday night. Sunday night's like, like a little bit more, uh, it's got a little bit more prestige than Monday night these days. Uh, yeah. They, they try to make it the, the marquee game of the, game of the week, mm-hmm. if you will, because of the, the flexibility schedule of the scheduling. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think, uh, not, not, not. Okay. So it's this Sunday. Next Sunday, the, the Sunday after that, I think they flex the game on, on that on that Sunday or on that week already. Oh, okay. But uh, let's talk about the, uh, the 49ers and Chargers. Um, 49ers coming off a bye. Uh, Chargers are, are coming off a... They don't look too great this year. Um, how do you feel about the game? Uh, I'm excited. I think uh, the Niners are getting healthier, getting uh, more... Uh, uh, consistency, if you will, or looking to get more consistency um, mm-hmm. with with the team. I mean, it was a lot of talent on the roster. Um, you know, McCaffrey's been phenomenal addition in his uh, in his the week two debut. Really yeah. showed it. So uh, just, just keep that going. Of course, uh, get everything going. Get you know, get Kittle going. Get get Evo back in there. I mean, Ayuk's been playing great too. Keep that up, you know. And then uh, defensive wise. Still a little banged up. Uh, you know, Verrett didn't see the field this year, and, and sadly he won't at all. But, um, you know, there's some other guys that are still playing through stuff, and uh, hopefully the bye week let him heal up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just have a have a solid game, and, and, you know, don't beat yourselves. And, you know, like a little cliche, but that's... That's what I see going into it. I, I don't even, I don't even like, really care to know, like, the spread or, or what the... Uh, with, with the uh, the talking heads are picking, but 
Is, is Greenlaw coming back this week, or you think he's gonna? He's still a week or two out. Oh, see, I don't even know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard well, Mike Williams and and Keenan Allen, the the top two wide receivers for the Chargers were out last week. Um, I don't know if they're gonna play this week. I haven't heard anything yet. Um, maybe their game time. I have no idea, but. Um. But yeah, I heard a Verrett, I heard Verrett was out, and it sucks, man. Because like Verrett's, he's when he's on the field, he's such a great fucking talent. You know, when he was on the Eagles, and then he got hurt, and then they let him go, and the no, Niners picked him man, up. He was on the Chargers. Was, was he on the? I, for, for some reason, I thought it was the Eagles, but I knew he was good. And then he came to our team, and then he he started playing well, and then he he he's been hurt too many. He's just one of those guys who gets hurt. <laughs> And it sucks, man. Do you think Niners are going to win the division, or do you think it's uh, Seattle's to lose? Uh, I I still think it's ours because we have the tiebreaker over the Seattle. Okay. You know, we just we we just got the, the you know the ship right. Of course, it, I think the Seattle's up too, just because we have the bye this week. So it's kind of like they're still got to face their bye. But if we if, you know if we face them again and and get even, you know, we definitely got the. The tiebreaker, you know. All right, man. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I, I really, for, for my team, I'm superstitious. I, I take it one week at a time because you don't know what uh what's going to happen this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mike Shanahan doesn't even know who's going to be alive next week. So. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, whatever. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Anything... Uh, I messed up that joke. <laughs> anything else you'd like to add to this uh, week's? Um, podcast. Go, oh, go, go see, uh, go see Black Panther. I saw it today. It was good. Oh, really? You think it's good? Better yeah. than the first one? Or is it good? It's good. It's it's different. All right. And you know, I I, I to to be honest, I'm not like is it superhero movies don't do it for me anymore. So I'll wait for it to come out on streaming. No, go see it. <laughs> All right. Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic. And we're here to say cheers. Until next time.